Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. This is Pastor Ian here from Mercy Church. Well, we're doing a series, uh, Pastor Bill Hilmer and I, on the fruit of the Spirit. Pastor Bill began it last week with a question, what does the Christian life mean to you? Or what does it mean to live the Christian life? It's an important question that we ask uh, because I think sometimes um, we can define our Christian life from a kind of law-based perspective. And he gave this one example, and I think it's helpful just to get us into this topic again. He said, you know, someone who may be fighting porn may be winning that battle with accountability and otherwise, but he could live a life of irritability or be unkind or joyless in his pursuit of holiness. Is that the life that Christ desires of us? Is the life that Christ desires of us kind of judiciously following God's law, but not living out of the joy that we have in Christ, a spirit-filled life, you could say, a life of virtue? Well, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at the fact that Christ desires us to live a life that models, that looks like his life, but it's a life of of what we call the fruit of the Spirit, a life of joy, of peace, of patience, of kindness, of goodness, of self-control. In that light, we're going to read what we're focusing on, and that is from Galatians chapter 5. So we're going to read Galatians chapter 5, the verses 16 through 23. It says there, So I say, walk by the Spirit, And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. That they are in conflict with each other. You are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, and dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, Paul says, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But here it comes. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And as we enter our text, I want to say two things about the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, the first thing I want to say is that it's, it's a singular uh, noun that's used here. Not the fruits of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit. And I think Paul's intentional in this use of the noun. It's pitted against, you could say, the works or the acts, no pun intended, of the flesh. See, the acts of the flesh can be chosen to do something or not. You can choose your poison, you could say. You could choose to dabble in witchcraft or you could choose to be drunk or or enter into an orgy or whatever the case may be. But that's not the case with the fruit of the Spirit. You could say it's a composite whole. That when you have the fruit of the Spirit, you get the whole bunch of fruit. The whole basket, you could say. So that you cannot live one without the other. You can't say, well, today I'm going to show love and tomorrow I think maybe that is a good day to be patient and and Saturday, well, that's the day I'm going to be self-controlled. No, it doesn't work like that. When the Spirit lives in you, this is what will exhibit itself. That's the first thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say is that when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, we need to realize that there are other fruit of the Spirit, other types of fruit. 
There's the fruit of repentance we learn about in Matthew 3 verse 8. Or the fruit of praise or worship as we learn in Hebrews 13 verse 15. Uh, These are also fruit. But those fruit are actions. This fruit that we're talking about are attitudes, are virtues that live within the heart. And they fuel your action. In fact, if they don't fuel your action, if you're showing repentance or trying to attempt to show repentance or worship or giving to the needy or whatever, without a heart that's fueled by love and patience and joy and peace, it's hypocrisy, it's legalism. So we're here, we're dealing with the fruit of the Spirit that lives within the heart and will exhibit itself in action. And we're going to begin with love. And I want to ask three questions about love. What's the nature of this love? What's commanded us, these verses, about love? And finally, what's the power source? How how do we live out that love? Well, let's begin with uh, the nature of this love. I I did go to Urban Dictionary just to kind of figure out what the broader community, I guess, is is saying about love. And they said this, it's it's a short word, it's easy to spell, um, it's difficult to define and impossible to live without. And that's pretty fair. All the definitions from the Urban Dictionary were showing that love is a positive emotion, something that we desire, but it's difficult to define. And it's impossible to live without. I would argue that it is impossible to live without. We were never meant to live without love. And those who live without love live very um, difficult lives, crushed lives. But it's not difficult to define. In fact, the Christian gospel defines what love is. God is love, we read in the Bible. And not only is God is love, God demonstrated this love, that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is love. This is the nature of the love we're talking about. It's demonstrated in who Christ is. And we shouldn't be surprised to see that it's first in this list of nine types of fruit. And that's because it has primacy. It's the foundation for everything else that you live in your Christian life. Your Christian life is built on love. And so therefore it has primacy. I I like what uh, Paul writes about love in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, basically, without love, you are nothing. You are a zero. You you cannot think that you can live your life, especially your Christian life, without love. He says, if I have the gift of prophecy and um, can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but if I do not have love, I am nothing. This is what must define me. And then he goes on to say, you know, this is what this kind of love I'm talking about looks like. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. It does not delight in evil, but delights in the truth. This is the love we're talking about. And of course, the greatest picture of this love is what we find in Christ. He says in John 15 that there is no greater love than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And that's exactly what he's done. He's laid down his life for us. That's the nature of the love that we're looking at here. It's self-sacrificing. It's humbling. It's self-denying. It's saying, I'll put the needs of others before my own. And I wonder this afternoon, this, this evening, whether that defines your love. The nature of your love. Is it self-sacrificing? Does it deny yourself for the needs of others? Does it desire to show unconditional love to others? Well, that's the first question. Here's the second. What's the command here? What's the command in this love? Well, I think the command is quite simply this, that we are to be a people of love. 
And um, that command comes to us uh, very clearly in John chapter 13, verse 34. It says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Christ showed his love to us. He gave his life for us. He died for us because he loved us so that we could live with him for eternity. But now he says, now I want you to follow this command and I want you to love one another. Well, that's, that's what we're called to do. And you know, I, as I was thinking about this and I was writing my message today, I thought, you know, that's exactly what this world needs. <laughs> it needs our love. The world needs our love. Our, our families need our love at this time. This is a difficult time for families to show that unconditional Christ-like spirit-filled love in our homes, to our spouse, to our children, to our parents, to our nieces and nephews, to our co-workers, whatever the case may be, to, our, to fellow church members. It's, it, must, it must define us, this kind of self-sacrificing love. Throughout the Bible, we're, we're called to live this love out. That's the command given to us in Christ. And, and John actually has a very strong word to us. If, if we're not living out this love, he says in 1 John 3 verse 14, he says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. That's a defining characteristic of, of us knowing that we're not going down towards the grave or to hell. No, we're going to heaven. Why? Because we love each other. But then he says this, Anyone who does not love remains in death. That's a harsh word, but it's true. If the spirit-filled life is a life of love, and if we do not have that life, that love, we are in the realm of the dead, you could say. But the question that we have to answer at the end of this is where does that power source come from? Where is the source to, to get up every day and to love unconditionally, self-sacrificingly to other, to, in front of others or before others or with others? And the answer, I think, is beautifully written for us in Romans chapter 5, verse 5. This is what Paul says, And hope does not put us to shame, here it comes, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You know, when you come to Christ, you come to a fountain of love. The Holy Spirit pouring that love into our hearts. That's the Spirit of Christ. That when we realize what we have in Christ, when we realize that the Spirit is living in us, that, that there's just this kind of bubbling up of, of, of love for other people. Well, some of you might be saying to me right now, you know, um, I've never experienced that kind of love. I don't think I also demonstrate that kind of love. I, I, there's a lot of bitterness and envy and discord in my heart and anger. I, say, I would say to you if, you, if you're feeling that way, if, if this love of Christ does not characterize you and this characterizes you, envy and bitterness and anger and discord, I'm thankful that you're willing to admit that. So many people are not willing to admit that they're living selfishly without love. But I want to encourage you to go back to the source, to repent. And allow Christ and what he has accomplished for you on the cross fill you again by his spirit with love, with hope, with joy. Some, some of you may be saying you right now, you know, I, I am a follower of Christ. I, I know his spirit was within me. And yet I struggle. I really struggle. Even at this time during COVID-19, I really struggle to demonstrate love to people, to my own spouse or to my own family. And, and I would say to you, you know, that's understandable. You know, this flesh that we have is at war with us, against us, against the Spirit. This is what Paul's talking about. 
But we need to realize that this flesh has not won the battle. Christ has won the battle. And it's His Spirit that lives within us. It's the fruit of His Spirit. Spirit that, that lives within us and demonstrates love. And so I'm going to just encourage you to humbly admit your failures, even to others, your weakness, your lack of love, and go back to the source. Go back to Christ. His desire is that you live a life of love. His Spirit is at work in you, so you grow in this love. And so you need to constantly go back to that source. Go back to who He is, what He's done, and find your strength in Him. So friends, I want to encourage you in this fruit of the Spirit to to demonstrate this week love, love to others, love to God. And may God bless you as you do this. Thank you.